Bracken and Bell together. There's Cooper breaking through. A chance now. This will be the fourth ball for Aberdeen. Cooper puts it in with when things are going wrong against you if you don't get the breaks of the ball Cooper in with Stewart he didn't really know where the ball was but he got the break and as you say it's a schoolboy's dream being able to take your time knowing that really all you've got to do is crack it into the back of the net and welcome to the latest Here We Go podcast. In this week's show we'll be looking back on the televised league games against Hamilton and Celtic and then crossing our fingers and hoping that the season doesn't come to a juddering end at Rugby Park on Wednesday night. Now joining us this week is one of Britain's premier football journalists, chief football writer for the Sunday Times, author of books on the game including the definitive account of Leicester's underdog title win, but above all else, died in the wool dandy. Jonathan Northcroft, how are you Jonathan? I'm very good thanks, how are you? Yeah, not so bad, not so bad. I'm just wondering, for a man like yourself now used to dining at the top table and watching top English Premier League action, what was it like dipping your toe back into watching a sort of routine SPFL game last week? (laughs) Um, Well, mixed I suppose. Um, (laughs) There's a certain honesty about the... um, the, the, the Scottish Premier League that, that maybe you're not seeing all the time in England but um, and, and intensity is there but I have to say you know one thing that you can never quite get accustomed to um, in, in, in England is just the sheer um, standard of the basics like the first touch the pitch um, passes very rarely go straight very little kind of aimless 50-50 balls kind of you know aerial challenges and second balls are going out of it it is a different game here and um i watched that I, I was up i was up in um muckles for a visit to my parents recently and i watched a prim, like an english premier league game with my dad and he just could, he couldn't believe the fact that everyone kept controlling the ball first time <laughs> and um, passing it to the appropriate man but it is uh, there is a difference but i i, I enjoyed i mean I obviously enjoyed uh, the Hamilton game more than the Celtic game, but I, I, I kind of um, enjoyed them both in different ways, I suppose. Honest. Yeah, we'll take that. Honest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, Honest. It's something. Um, and with us, uh, as ever, is a man who is very definitely not one of Britain's premier football journalists. It's uh, Martin Clunas. Evening, Richard. I mean, I'm, I'm not even in the top two Aberdeen um, football club podcasters, so... Um... Yeah. No, you've made that very clear over the past couple of years. Um, but um, anyway, we've uh, we've had a late withdrawal tonight. Uh, as Cameron Hobbs was uh, meant to be joining us as well, uh, he's had to attend to some Storm Dennis related damage on the home front. Uh, but we'll be sure to have Cameron back on the podcast shortly. So to Hamilton last Tuesday, and a game where we stood on the uh, worrying threshold of breaking an unwanted club record and going six games without scoring. Um, I think the first thing to note was quite a bold lineup. Um, what essentially was a three-five-two, or maybe even a three-three-four, when you consider the identity of the wide players. Jonathan, you certainly couldn't accuse a manager of not trying different things to get the right combination up top. 
Absolutely. I mean, it's actually what you're looking for from from a manager in a tight spot. Um, and if you know, Derek obviously gets accused of conservatism a lot of the time, but it wasn't a conservative selection. It was a man trying to fight his way out of trouble, and um, and it worked. You know, it wasn't just the formation change; it was dropping Cosgrove and and Logan, but it was also the way it was deployed. It was it was a very positive. Um, three at the back you know some, sometimes managers go three at the back and pretend it's a positive thing but really what they're trying to do is play five and, 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 and defend and it was the exact opposite it was to try and get men up the park and get men up and kind of attacking wide areas which which uh, was bold and, and, and I think brought much needed um, results one of the other changes, Martin, and one which perhaps a lot of people had been calling for for some time was that Nam again was moved away from his usual position on the wing and was played behind Curtis Main in that uh, number 10 role. And it seemed to work. It seems like a million years ago now, but um, you know, I'm sure we can all remember the time where um, under Craig Brown, where McGinn was probably the only goal threat we had in the team. And, you know, and we know fine he can play through the middle. We know he... No, we know he's good he, out wide. He's no, he's he's very good. You know, he, he's got great touch. He's comfortable in the ball. Putting him centrally, just I think it gives him something a little bit extra we can get from him. He worked he worked with Maine really really well in a way that I'm not 100 percent sure he would work that well if it was Cosgrove. Just played a little bit further forward than he normally would when he when he's out wide and. It was obviously a very, it was you know we're much more attacking um, than we than I thought we were going to be but you know you see that lineup his hand was forced to try something different it all it all cause it seemed to go perfectly I mean that first forty five minutes was you know without creating hatfuls of chances um, was as good as we've been in a, in, a, in many weeks well yeah let's uh, let's talk about that Cosgrove main switch Jonathan because as you say if it was bold to go with. Um, the sort of three three four or three five two maybe it's definitely bold if you're struggling to score and you drop the guy who's got twenty one goals already this season. Oh right, I mean, and and the kind of decision that if that one goes wrong, then you've made some rod for your own back. It's very easy from a press point of view. You know that that would have if I was reporting on that game, turned up and seen that selection, then you know I'm, I'm almost rubbing my hands because I've got an intro, I've, I've got I've got a story. If it goes wrong, you know it's it's a kind of manager really struggling and making bad decisions but actually you know he got the reward for it um, and yeah I, I mean I, I, I agree about the, 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 the sort of success of playing McGinn getting that extra quality um, on the ball a bit more and in, in key positions and what was good about him and Maine was was a combination the fact that you know Maine's a guy that's going to do a lot of running um, for the team he's going he's to stretch defences and create a pocket of space for a number 10 to play in and you know for someone like McGinn who can pick a pass having a guy that's just running all the time in, in, in front and, and, and trying to make angles is, is an absolute joy as, as you say I'm not sure if it quite would be as um, the same chemistry with, with, with Cosgrove if they're playing in the exact same positions Well what was noticeable Martin was that Hamilton sort of played a much higher line than we've seen from other teams up against us recently whether that be at Pitaudry or whether on their own ground. It seemed a little bit naive from Hamilton having seen our struggles lately to be quite so open against us maybe but obviously Curtis Main used that to his advantage. He was on the shoulder of the Hamilton defence a lot more than Cosgrove has been recently who has done pretty much all his work outside the box with his back to goal. 
I think I think that's it. You've, you've you hit the nail on the head with that word there. It was a bit. It was naive from them. None of us expected Hamilton to be so to be so high up. They obviously saw the lineup. They know find that it was Curtis main playing. I mean, whether they just whether they just know got it completely wrong tactically. No, I don't think many of us saw that kind of thing coming from Curtis main as well. If we're being totally honest, but um, yeah, he was he was great just working off his shoulder. I thought, I thought the goal was excellent. No, it was a no. Just beats the right back. Was it Woods? I think it was. I mean, you compare that. Right, we spoke about obviously in the Rangers game where Cosgo's bearing down on their goal and he gets to take that extra touch. When you're you're sitting watching, thinking, is Maine going to do a similar thing here where he's got that time to take a you know, he takes a touch, but then he but no he doesn't he just dinks it over him very neatly and it's a fantastic neat finish. Maine hasn't impressed. No, he'd only had one goal I think previously for us so. Not ashamed to say that. No, I was one of the ones, one of the boo boys that was kind of on his back a bit. And at that game and that goal and that performance as well, the whole his performance for you know, the, the entire time he was on the pitch was excellent. I thought, Jonathan, what I really liked about the goal, not just the quality of the finish, but the fact that there were options inside. He could have taken mm. the uh, sort of cowardly way, if you want, and a strike alone confidence would probably do this, try and find one of those options inside. But no, single-minded about going for goal when the opportunity arose. I mean, it, 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 it was the kind of goal that a sort of 25 goal a season striker scores. It was kind of baffling to see it from Maine. I think Davor Sucre scored a similar goal um, <laughs> at Euro 96. A little bit further out, but yeah. <laughs> yeah Aberdeen's, yeah, Aberdeen's got their own Davor Sucre now or something like that. But it was, it was, it was fantastic. Um, you, couldn't, you couldn't have finished it better. There was a, a sort of, you know, coolness about it took it early, as you say. There was no doubt about, no no sort of thought of passing, um, and you know it, what. It, the crucial thing, I suppose, is it wasn't just a goal that broke the duck, but it was scored in such a kind of insouciant manner that it. I think it, it that in, that in itself bred confidence to everybody. You know, the, it, it was a great statement goal, I suppose. Whether you'll score another one this season, I'm not sure. <laughs> Well, um, that does, of course, remain to be seen. Um, but, uh, yeah, and it was a, a goal from one of the key changes as well, which I think obviously is going to um, support what the manager was trying to say to do there. And it didn't quite open the floodgates, but certainly within eight minutes we had another goal and it was a sort of quick interplay in the final third, which we just haven't been seeing enough of, Martin. And doing that will open up any defence. We've been kind of moaning about it for a while, you know, not not just us, pretty much everybody Aberdeen fan. You know, if you move the ball quickly and accurately, you, know, you will you will reap rewards from it against against the teams of the level of Hamilton. If you if you can pass the ball around them and make them make them just make them pull them out of position with quick passing, then we'll both, we'll reap rewards and we'll score. And that second goal was just that was like was an absolute dictionary definition of that. But it's also, Jonathan, I suspect, the sort of goal that we wouldn't have scored if it was still nil-nil because people would have wanted no. to be sure with a touch, wanted to take an extra touch. They, they just wouldn't have been moving the ball at, at quite that pace. No, that, 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 I, mean, I guess what I mean by the, the, the main goal, it just seemed to instill an, an extra bit of confidence. Um, but you know, what, I guess what we're talking about is speed and speed in the game and purpose. And I thought in the Celtic game as well... The, of the two of the two matches, you, you, you saw, I think, a different kind of um, different pace of play and a, a kind of much greater sense of um, directness and purpose. I like the way that Aberdeen pressed quite high, trying mm-hmm. to win the ball early. Uh, everything seemed to have a, a you know a kind of um, almost a kind of Liverpoolish idea of get it quickly, move it quickly, go towards the goal. 
and I think that is you know what we've been crying out for um, uh, probably what you need when you know not a team full of creative players really um, so you have to move the ball quickly you have to try and win it early um, and uh, yeah it, it was it, you know there were a couple of occasions in, in that first half like that maybe wasn't sustained throughout the game um, but you know for, for someone that hadn't, hadn't watched the Dons closely for a while it was a really good first half I was thinking what's the problem um, <laughs> and then I was looking at this kind of player marauding down the left thinking who's, who's this sort of big Brazilian lad that we've got at the left side of defence and you know naming the back was Considine I was a bit confused but you know it was like it was um, it, yeah it was, it was a, the confidence after that main goal for the rest of the half was brilliant you know seen a bit in, in, in Considine's play seen what was happening in midfield and you know if I could bottle that things would be fine yeah, well, it was uh, Andy Considine's uh, sumptuous cross for oh. the third goal, uh, which uh, Conor McLennan nodded in very neatly just on the stroke of half time. And Martin, to me, if we talk about the quickness um, of play that opened up things for the second goal, the third really, for me, it's down to it's a good cross, obviously, but it's really down to Conor McLennan playing at a wing back position. It's about his desire to get into the box and support the striker that goal. No, everybody had seemed to be pulled out wide. I think, you know, when when you got to the header, I think, you know, McLennan and the defender probably were the probably the only ones you know within the kind of within the lines of the six yard box. Um, so yeah, it was it was a brilliant brilliant cross. He he gets on it perfectly. It, it was it was just excellent, and you want to see that. You know, you, I think what that's something that we've been missing, where you no know, guys you know, kind of arriving late into the box or just. No, just with just seem to have been like what we can talk about it probably you know they sit like the Celtic game we know quite a quite a lot of good crosses into the box a few moments here and there that just nobody nobody was there um, and that's that's been something that's been been going on for a while to be honest that's why we've that's why we've not been scoring goals because we've not been uh, like clinical enough but the word desire is exactly it just him get wanting to get in the box the confidence that comes from obviously being two 0 up can't be. Can't be can't be overstated, obviously. And at that at that time as well, it was not it was what a minute before half time. It would have been very easy just to kind of keep it out wide and just run the clock down to get to half time. But the confidence is there, wanting to score goals, wanting to get more, and that was exactly exemplified by McLennan, who was just desperate to get in there and get on the end of that ball. He's got a uh, pleasing ability, Conor McLennan, to make things happen with regards to the scoreline. He's had a slightly off-colour season, Jonathan. He really broke mm. through last season. Um, the second season syndrome, is, is that actually a thing? Is that Do you think that's a, a genuine thing that you've encountered? Oh, without a doubt. You see, you see it all the time. Um, and it's, it's a two-way process. It's First of all, the player themselves gets... Um, almost things that we're doing automatically when they've just come into the team, they start to overthink it, they start to second-guess themselves, but also the opposition starts to um, take measures, so you lose that surprise factor. It's a, it's a, it's a problem for every young player. Um, but, you know, Conor McClellan is, is really exciting from an Aberdeen point of view because, um, let's face it, there, there isn't enough penetration out wide, and there's certainly not enough um, penetration and, and goals apart from McGinn plus the strikers or McGinn plus Cosgrove basically at the moment you know it's kind of I think Kennedy for his all this kind of work rate doesn't really score or assist you know I think it's one goal in ten throughout his career um, you know you've got um, apart from maybe Bryson in his career you've got there's, there's not and, and Ferguson but there's not there's not a 
big track record of goals coming from apart apart from the striker. Um, and you know, McClellan does look like he's got that in him. The way that that was that was a, a, a tremendous finish, and and um, that that run that 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 run from wide arriving into the into the, the sort of central area of the box. You look you look at how important that is now for for a lot of teams. Um, you know, it's not just about strikers scoring goals anymore. It's it's about having maybe attacking lines where two or three players are going to score. You know, Sterling scores twenty five goals a season doing that, running in and tapping it in from the six yard box or whatever. So um, that, that and that was one of the good things about the the, the formation. It, as, as I said earlier, it wasn't a negative formation. It was a formation to free up. The, the wide players to actually be proper attackers and to to get around the striker a bit more, which obviously that that kind of syndrome of just a big isolated um, striker that we've seen far too often, maybe early in the season, that 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 wasn't there very much. So more of that, please, more of that from McClellan. He's young enough to to develop that in his game. Yeah, I mean, he he blotted his copybook rather with a very unnecessary dive on Sunday, um, which we'll come to cover. But um, but no, a very good third goal. Second half, Martin. I think you know we all kind of wanted to see us continue to press and continue to show that same intent. As it turned out, we didn't score again, but you know we did we did continue with a positive momentum. But I wouldn't suggest that we're out of the woods with regards to the sort of issues we've had with creativity quite yet. I thought we were clinical and there was a pleasing directness about us, but we weren't exactly opening them up at will, were we? We weren't, no. Um, but I thought we were. I thought we were very comfortable and comf- comfortable in the ball, and until you know, until they scored, where it did seem it did get a bit it did get a bit hairy um, when they pulled it back to three one. You no, know, we scored three goals, and I think you know we probably created three good chances. If you're not creating lots of chances, you're looking at guys being clinical. I would like to be creating lots of chances as well, so you know you're not you know so you can afford to maybe you know not that I want them to miss chances, but you can afford to have them maybe miss one or two, or um, because you know you, you you will have games. You know we've seen plenty of games at, at, at the grounds like Hamilton where. You know, we've missed you know a Hamilton. I mean, what was what was the was it, it was Hamilton a few seasons ago where we got beat one 0 wasn't it? And we created twenty one chances. I'd I'd rather just create three and score three um, if we we'll have to. All right, so that was Hamilton. That was the the gold route over. Um, but uh, we we kind of suspected that it might uh, start again against Celtic on Sunday because <laughs> we'd had one too many. Well, not more than one actually. Uh, far too many passive displays recently against Celtic. Uh, particularly at Pitodri. I mean, two three nil defeats last season, and uh, already a four nil defeat at Pitodri this season against them. Uh, and it was formation wise, Jonathan. It was back to a more typical four two three one setup. Although that said, um, our fullbacks were at times pushed so high that it kind of looked like a lopsided three at times. Exactly. I mean, it, it, it was it was a different formation, but a similar approach, I guess. Um, and and. Yeah, I can see the logic certainly of of not risking a back three anyway against Celtic. Um, so out of possession, it had a bit more um, sort of solidity and structure. But in possession, it was similar. It was. It was about getting forward on the flanks. It was about supporting main, and it was pretty good. I thought it was. It was. You know, as as certainly a massive improvement, obviously from the the first game against Celtic at Petrodri, Um and a continuation of, of um, you know, recent performances against Rangers. It was, it was, it was. I thought it was, I thought it was 
pretty decent, like, a positive way to approach the game, which is what we've always been for what six, seven years crying out for from Derek in these games is to go in, go in, go in against the old firm positively. Don't go in trying to, you know, kind of hide and and, and nick nick one nil because you'll you'll it'll never happen. So go in and be positive, and it was it was positive. Uh, Curtis Main kept his place, Jonathan. Um, in football, is possession nine tenths of the law and? Does he deserve to be, and I apologise profusely for this, the uh, main striker for now? <laughs> yeah, um, it's um, nah, he had look, he had, to, he had to stay in, didn't he? After that goal and, and the all-round performance at Hamilton, and I didn't think he let Aberdeen down. I thought he, he you know, I, I think what Derek knew he'd get out of him, he, he did get, which was um, he was a real pest to the Celtic defenders. Um, Julian played really well, unfortunately, but um, he did he did a decent job. It's just that, that I mean, we, the, the 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 conundrum is going to be that you've got you know a guy that scores one goal every two games against a guy that scores one goal every five games. Now the guy scoring one goal every five games does a lot of other stuff for the team, but there's that goal problem, and and that's that's kind of the I guess the equation going forward for for Derek, but. I guess what, what Main's done is he's put pressure back on Cosgrove to up his game and he's maybe given the sense that there's a different option um, and, and, a, and an option that might actually help other players like McGinn. Yeah, because very noticeable, Martin, the difference in Main's performance on Saturday to the last time that he started um, up front for Aberdeen at Pataudry, which was against Livingston on Boxing Day and nothing stuck with him up top at all that day. It's the difference a goal makes, isn't it? You know, the Livingston game, I mean, he was atrocious that game and he, 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 he rightly got a lot of criticism for it. He gets that goal against Hamilton and he comes into this game against Celtic. He was so much more impressive. You know, he was, rather than we're like, and you say, well, like we say with Cosgrove, where he plays with his back to goal and, you know, he's kind of, you see, Cosgrove seems to like, we've seen him try to maybe, try too hard to maybe win, win fouls rather than, Maybe playing some football, whereas their main was coming. He was coming out wide. He was busy. He was hassling them. He was, you know, Julian, like say, like John says, there. Julian did have a good game. You know, he was hassling him. Ayer was having trouble with him as well. He deserves. He really did deserve to keep his place. And okay, he didn't get a goal on Sunday, but on the strength of his performance, uh, yeah, on, against Celtic, he deserves to be. He deserves to be the the guy for now, anyway. Well, if Curtis Main was getting a lot of stick. Uh back on Boxing Day against Livingston Martin someone who got a lot of stick um, when this mistake happened at the game on Sunday was uh, Scott McKenna who's uh, for the first goal misjudged the bouncing ball uh, in his mitigation it was a a, a fierce wind that was uh, blowing uh, towards the beach end um, at Bittaudry on Sunday and he certainly wasn't the only defender during the 90 minutes to misjudge an aerial ball but the, the issue here is surely that he was eased off the ball quite so easily by uh, Lee Griffiths It comes from just a nothing punt up the field by Ayer as well and yeah you're right um, as the guy behind me said it was a hoor of a wind it doesn't excuse it I mean no it's no Lee Griffiths is a good player we'll get away you know, all that but you know he shouldn't be you shouldn't be being bullied off the ball by Lee Griffiths like that um, that is really it's really hard hard to kind of legislate for where you're no, and this is this is McKenna who we're a big fan of. You know, we've we've we praised him many many times on here, and it's really it's a it's a huge mistake, um, and it cost us the first goal. You no, know, they come in the box. Forrest takes what seemed to be like six or seven touches, 
uh, before having a wee shot and Lewis saves and then you know, it comes from that initial mistake and it should have been dealt with there and then with the header you know, there, was a, there was a few other people who really should have been coming back and stopping that as well but it does it starts with a stupid mistake from a guy who is too good to be making mistakes like that but of course it's also about the ability of the Celtic players to exploit that mistake and very few other teams in the league would have exploited that to the extent of a goal you speak about the touches that Forrest took in the box well partly that was because he didn't just slash at the ball when it came to him and he would have had the shot blocked he was able to work a bit of space and be a bit composed um, Jonathan, I'm just wondering, obviously you watch a lot of English football, um, with regard to interest from down south, you know, where's a realistic destination? Not talking about price now, but destination. Top half of the championship? For McKenna? Yeah. Well, I would have said, I would have said that probably um, early in the season, but, and I have, look, I've not been watching them that closely, but funnily enough, I know um, an agent that's quite close, closely involved with them. And he's raving about him and, and saying he's developing him. He's, de- he's developing a lot, and he look he does look like um, he's maturing. Uh, he looks like he's he's actually. Um, my worry about him, you know, in terms of how good is he actually going to be, would have been physique. Is he a bit sort of heavy, you know? Because if you want to play in England, you have to be really quick and good movement. But he actually looks like he's 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 he's, he's maybe got picked up an extra yard of speed. He, he, he looks mobile. Now, um, I thought he was fantastic against Hamilton. I was watching him thinking, yeah, you can play, you know, you, you really are kicking on. That was a mistake against Celtic, but actually probably is uncharacteristic. Griffiths is a wily player and there's a bit of an old pro versus young player kind of thing going on there. Um, I, 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 think, I, I think he could play Premier League. Um, I think he would have to be in the right team. Um, you, you could certainly put him lower half of the Premier League um, in the right side, um, he would. You know, he, like, he, he's just, he, I don't know. He's just, he, if you talk about Scottish players, different positions. I know, um, but he's you know he's he's as good as someone like Robert Snodgrass, isn't he? Ability wise, or um, if Grant Hanley can play Premier League games, <laughs> well, well, there you go. Not that, not that well, but yeah, I know, and that probably means I can play Premier League games. But no, I mean that's something that Scott McKenna could. Um, so yeah, as I said, probably needs he might he might be one of those that would need to go to like a, a you know a Derby County and then come up with them, but then would actually prove to be a pretty decent Premier League player. You know, um, it'd be what he probably couldn't do. What he probably couldn't do is like sign him, you know, for an Everton or whatever yeah. and stick him straight yeah, yeah. in. He probably needs a step. Is what I get. a long-winded answer trying to say. He probably needs a bit of a step, but he, he's looking like he's capable that he, he, he can take it. And uh, I, I kind of hate myself for saying this because goals change matches and it was absolutely key to the outcome of the game that we lost that goal. But apart from the big error which he made for the goal, he and Nashville had good games again. They had good games. There's a command about him. They did have good games. Um, and, and in terms of you know playing against um, the best team in the country, uh, a team that's used to scoring, doing well, you, 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 you've got to get on the front foot against them. And I thought he did. I thought he, 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 they both did really well. You know, Edward had that great moment that we'll probably talk about, but didn't, didn't get a, didn't get a lot in the game, nor did Griffiths. Um, I thought they set the tone. I thought, and I, and I think that's another way you can see McKenna's continuing to develop. He, he, he's, he's looking ever more like a, a kind of leadership figure as well. 
Now, the equalising goal, well, to me, Jonathan, and maybe to you as well, I don't know if you were at the game or remember it, but uh, yeah. there was definitely a hint of the uh, vintage Brian Irvin for Ash Taylor's equaliser there into that goal against the same opposition that uh, Brian Irvin had done 25 years ago. Um, McInnes spoke about his defenders contributing more goals. I'm not sure if volleys slammed home in the near post were quite what he, or indeed us, were expecting. I know. I mean, you can't, you can't ask him to do that every week. But And it, there was a slight look of surprise on his face. <laughs> <laughs> not as big as the one on mine. <laughs> It was it was it was it was a it was a great celebration, great goal, and obviously you know we talk, I've talked about the the, the 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 lack of goals apart from the striking position and saying maybe you know the likes of McClellan, McClellan can can develop that, but actually every, Derek's right, everyone needs to contribute, and if, if the centre backs can contribute a few goals as well, then obviously that be that'd be really good. Um, Martin. Throughout the rest of the game, and you know, we were on the front foot. It was a positive display, and we held the territorial advantage for much of the game. It was a, it was a game really, really low on opportunities, on chances, the weather, condition of the pitch, etc. No doubt played a part on that. I'm not being too critical to suggest that we really, really struggled still to do that much in the final third. We're still waiting for Matty Kennedy to to take off, definitely, aren't we? We are. Yeah. I mean, well, we didn't we didn't create a hell of a lot of chances, did we? I mean. You know, obviously there's the goal and there's the, the shot from Ojo, um, which you know he had, he had absolutely every right to take in that kind of conditions. I'm just disappointed they didn't do more of that, to be totally honest, um, because in that kind of conditions with that wind, the parry from uh, Forster could have gone anywhere. It just so happened that it did come too wide for and again to get get anything, get the header on target, but. I'd like to see more than that, but in terms of real kind of creative creating proper chances, we didn't we didn't create very much. But I guess it comes I guess this comes from the difference where, where what I was saying earlier about no, Hamilton. No, you only really had no we had we really only had three chances and we scored from them um, against Celtic. You're no you can't afford to be missing chances because you have to take you have to take everything. But the problem is we're still finding that the problem is is getting that chance no, um, Matty Kennedy couple of couple of nice moments you're just waiting waiting for him to him to click for us and it's it doesn't seem to be happening at the moment he has to stick he has to stick with him because he he will come good no we've no I've not seen I've not seen loads and loads of St Johnston games so I can't pretend I've seen you know heaps of him play but when when they've been on TV I've seen him play and I've seen him play against us obviously and he and he is a good player Ideally, if you know if McGinn is going to be playing more central, you no, know, which you no, know, he probably won't be. But if he is, Kennedy hopefully out wide will come good. But uh, yesterday again, just another game where he didn't really impact it at all. So it's a bit of a sucker punch for the goal. Obviously, it's really smart work by Edward. I mean, so much chat about the striker uh, playing across Glasgow, but Edward, to me anyway, is head and shoulders above anybody else in this league. Um, and pretty intelligent from James Forrest. Disappointing, obviously, that they're the opposing right back gets so much space. Um, but the reason that that happens is because you know with ten minutes to go, we're not camped on the edge of our box trying to hold on to a point, and we're trying to go forward and we're trying to win it. Considine's been up the pitch. He's been trying yeah. to create. He's been trying to get a winner. That's what we want from our team, isn't it? Or, or am I just being hopelessly naive, Jonathan? Not at all, no. I mean, I said that earlier, that's what we're, particularly against the old firm, you know, that, that's that's what been crying out for Derek to do. And, and 
you know, you've got to take the rough with a smooth and yes, Celtic sucker punched. Um, and they're brilliant at that. Great counter-attacking team. Um, clinical in a way that, you know, because of the standards, some of those forward players that, um, that we are not, but we were, um, with 15 minutes to go as likely, if not more likely to win the game than that, than them. And, and, um, you can't complain. I thought, I thought, I thought it was fine. And, it, you know, it was an absolutely brilliant bit of skill by Edward to open it up. Um, you know, that's the, probably the only player in Scotland that would have done that. Um, that's, so it's not going to happen to you against you every week if, 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 if you're playing like that is what I'm saying. So it's fine. It's fine. There's a lot of talk about Edward, by the way, in, in, in England. I mean, um, he is, I'm, I'm surprised no one went for him in January because you hear, there's a lot of clubs are looking at him, talking about him, talking about him being the, the next sort of signing to, to, to come from north of the border. So I wouldn't expect he'll be, he'll be there. Um, he'll be there next year but uh, that's someone else's problem um, Martin I, I think I sense that most fans were fairly upbeat despite the late defeat is that is that an opinion you share? Uh, yeah I mean I'm obviously not happy because I, I want Aberdeen to win every game and so I'm never happy when we lose but no, there is you have to be upbeat because it, it wasn't the repeat of the last time where we're, no, we're 4-0 down at half time and hadn't laid a glove on them and continued not to lay a glove on them for the rest of the game. You, you saw the reaction of their manager at the end. He knew that was that they'd been in a game there. I mean, OK, it ultimately means nothing because they beat us. I understand that. It takes the heat off the manager, I think, a little bit when... When he ch- he changes it, he changed it for the two, two games, you know, and we get the win at win at Hamilton. Uh, again, we 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 change it, and we're a slightly more dare I say progressive against Celtic. Yeah, the conditions were poor, and you know it wasn't a, a fantastic game of football, but we tr- we 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 challenged them, and they were in, we gave them a right good game. And the pro- I think the, the the frustrating thing comes from, and I know it's like the probably the oldest footballing cliche in the world, but you know it just. This is why that they've won like the last what is it ten trophies or something like that. They just seem to be able to find this way to win, whereas we this that was as good as we've played against them probably since the one nil down there at, at Celtic Park or since the, the Scottish Cup final where they beat us two one. That's probably the best we've played against them. And yet again, you no, know, and we, we we couldn't we couldn't just we couldn't do enough. Though. And the sucker punch for the goal, you're right, just. We're, we're attacking up the pitch, but you want to see that. You want to see us trying to win games. Um, we want to try and get us further up the league. Um, and so, I was, I'm no fairly upbeat. You can't. I don't think you can be down on the team when no, if, there's, there's a way of losing, um, and there's no shame in losing that way. I want to get your opinion on this, Jonathan, because obviously it's been something that's dominated the conversation up here for the last couple of months. The the win on Tuesday and the manner of the display on Sunday, I think we we could say. I've probably lessened some of the heat, some of the heat, at least temporarily, yeah. because uh, if we lose on Wednesday, then all bets are off. But is it right that he should be facing the level of criticism that he is and facing questions about his job? Yeah, no, I, 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 think, it's, I think it's entirely fair, and I think the, the, the reaction against it from some of my dear colleagues in the, um, in, in the press in Glasgow is, is wrong. Uh, Aberdeen fans have got every right to, after seven, was it seven years now? Mm-hmm. Um, just question, um, you know, I don't, don't, nobody's saying this guy's been a rubbish manager, nobody's saying this guy's been a waste of time, but it's perfectly right for a club with ambition 
um, with a track record of success, fans who know what success looks like, um, those old enough to remember anyway, um, to, to question the direction of things because what you what any football club wants is the sense of, of progress or the sense of, of a journey that it might be leading somewhere. Um, and, you know, I think the, 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 the problem that, that, that Derek's got is having got to a certain level, the sense of progress has stalled. I mean, haven't really gone backwards, but haven't really moved forwards. And um, maybe there's something similar to... Um, situations that maybe David Moyes faced at Everton after a while or Tony Pulis at Stoke where it's not like the guys did a bad job it's just you, it's natural for fans to say what's happening next and I don't think there's been enough positivity um, from Aberdeen for a while um, and enough of a sense that it, it, was, it was going somewhere also Derek signed quite a lot of players now you look at that squad for a um, for a Scottish squad there's been quite an investment in wages not transfer fees but wages he's got a lot of senior players a lot of experienced players now he's been he's been backed well in the transfer market so if a manager's backed and gets what he wants again it's right to ask questions about where it's going um, but looking at those two games there was progress there was a you know you could look at them and think yeah what, what do I want out of my team I want intensity I want endeavour I want to have a go I want, I want the sense that there's an ambitious club that wants to win games, even when it's Rangers or Celtic. I want to see young players. Talked about McLennan. Um, I just want to see it going somewhere. And, and you know, I think that, I think that those, those, those couple of games, the, the manner of the performances, as much as anything, um, as Martin says, is a way to lose, um, will rightly take a bit of pressure off. But the bigger picture is once fans start asking those questions about a manager... I remember it happening to Alex Smith, obviously with Aberdeen. Um, once those, once you start asking those questions, it's hard to get them out of your mind. It's human nature. So, I think a lot more of, of what we saw in the last two games is needed. You know, a sustained period of that, in a sense that he's maybe rebooted the things and, and the journey can kind of. I hate using that word journey. It's such a kind of touchy feely modern word, but um, the pro, that there's progress happening again. Do you know what I mean? I, th- I think we, we just want to think it's going somewhere. Do you know what I mean? I, th- I just think that's that, that, that's what I want anyway. Do you want to think there's there's a sense this could lead somewhere? And and I'd lost that sense, um, uh, you know, in, in, in the last eighteen months. What about the other the other side of that argument, Jonathan? I mean, does it come from? It seems to almost come that kind of um, almost know your place attitude of Aberdeen should be happy it. with the manager that they've got. Hate and, it. Um, Absolutely hate it. No, you're right. That's exactly it's that know your place thing. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. It's um, you know who, who who should dare tell Aberdeen fans what our, what our, our place is? I don't think I think it's a misunderstanding. No, nobody's nobody's saying Aberdeen need to be winning the league. Nobody's saying Aberdeen have to have to be in, you know in Europe all the time or whatever. We're not stupid, but we've got a right to think that when Rangers and Celtic play us, that we're going to be winning some of those games that were going to be really difficult. We've got a right to think we could win a trophy. We've got a right to think that we could build a really good team, um, that we could develop some of our players. You know, who says we don't have that right? You know, who, who, who says to a fan base, no, no, you, 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 know, you can't expect any better than, um, you know, third or fourth, um, you know, scoring 
I don't know, 1.2 goals a game and closing out lots of 1-0s against um, Kilmarnock to get you there. That's, you, know, you, can't, you can't say that to a fan base. I don't think anyone's got the right to. And I, I hate that attitude of uh, know your place. I really do. Well, um, we take a 1-0 against Kilmarnock on Wednesday. That's <laughs> for absolutely certain. Because, um, well, as, a, as we said, Martin... Um, Wednesday night, it, the season hinges on it, doesn't it? Um, not indeed just Wednesday, but I think with the draw that we've now got, Aberdeen should be making, and this is, this is maybe the old uh, expectation thing again, um, it's not going to be easy. Of course, whoever we play, it's not going to be easy. They are capable teams. They have their own desires to, to progress in this tournament, but Aberdeen should be making the semi-final with the draw we've got, shouldn't we, Martin? Uh, yeah, we absolutely should. You've got, the problem is we've got to go down to Kilmarnock. Um, on that pitch again, where they've just had a no, they, they had a good result last week on it um, against the Rangers. Um, so it's it's not going to be it's not going to be easy. But you know, like you say there, Jonathan, I would I would I would rip your hand off right now for a one 0 At Pitodri, Jonathan, you won't have seen the game. I really thought that was probably their better chance of getting something against us up there um, with the way we were playing right there and the lack of confidence in the team, and they were. Very, very safety first. Do you think they're likely to be any more open um, playing at home on Wednesday night? Well, they have to. They, ha- they have to. It is a great opportunity for them. They have to. They have to try. They've had a, a good couple of results. Um, but I think actually, you know, we 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 can dictate the game. That's the point. That, that that you know, if if we play like we did in the last two games, if we play in the front foot, then we've got enough. Um, we've got enough to. To win it, so I, 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 I you know, I, they're not going to be totally gung ho, but I think they they do have an onus on them because it's a good opportunity for them. Um, as I, as I said earlier, what was really good, particularly in the Hamilton game, was the trying to win the ball high up and attack from there, and I think there'll be a chance to do that. But you know, this is a game that that we're good enough to win, um, even there on that pitch. You know, if we if we impose ourselves. Um, if, we, if, we, look, if we play like we did in the last two games, we win the match, as far as I'm concerned. Trying to second guess McInnes' lineup, Martin, is a bit of a fool's errand, but uh, they've gone two up top lately. Is that an invitation for us to go back to the three at the back setup? Well, it's, it is an invitation. The problem we'll have is that they'll have they'll have slightly better players available than they did in the the first leg, the, the first the, their first tie, even the first leg. Burke and Brophy will both be will both be there. Um, who are you know, Brophy's, Brophy and Burke are both good players. You no, know, Burke, what was in the previous round? I think created like created all five assists for all five of their goals. It was six so, assists, yeah. The... Six assists, holy six. So yeah, so I mean, we know fine. That's more than what Ryan Kent uh, managed in his Young Player of the Year season. <laughs> <laughs> but that top top starting, Richard. Top top starting. It is. A, it is. A, would be a temptation to go with the three as well. And if if we can play with the same kind of same strength and in, in, in t- intensity, I suppose. Then there's no reason we can't. We saw that you're susceptible to being counterattacked. You no, know, with that, particularly with the, the particularly the second goal, but both of the Celtic goals really. You know, you'd you would like to think that you know we can deal with uh, with what Kilmarnock have. Um, so I, w- I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too disheartened if we did go with the three. To be honest. All right, so that's Wednesday night, and yeah, they say season defining quite often, but um, no doubt uh, if things go against us on Wednesday. Uh, that absolutely clouds a perspective on the whole season. The finishing third won't mean too much if we if we go out the two cups to Hearts and Kilmarnock this season. Uh, anyway, 
Looking back on the past seven days has been Martin Clunas. Martin, thank you. Thank you, Richard. And it's been a pleasure to welcome Jonathan Northcroft back on the show. Jonathan, thank you again. Uh, thanks, Richard, and uh, thanks, Martin. Great stuff. All right, we will be back with you next week, hopefully with the Don safely through to the quarterfinal of the Scottish Cup. Frankly, I don't care about the league game we've got coming up. We could lose that 6-0 as long as we win on Wednesday. Uh, we will speak to you <laughs> next week. Come on, you Reds.